Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. The comedy writer who is best known for the classic hits are, there should have said classic hits, the classic Faulty Towers. See, I'm obsessed with this radio station that's going on here. And of course, Monty Python. He has set forth into the minefield of cancel culture to explore why the new woke generation is trying to rewrite the rules of comedy on what you can and can't say. And I suppose the question we're asking is, can comedy ever go too far? Now, it comes after the controversial episode of ca- the classic hit, or the classic hit, the classic comedy. I need to stop. Every time I say the word classic, the word hits just comes straight after it. It's just fluid. It just comes out of your mouth. Anyway, it comes after the controversial episode of classic comedy, Faulty Terrors, aired on the BBC earlier this year after previously being removed from the UK TV due to racist content, with viewers divided on its return to the screens. Now, the racist content was the major, talking about Winifred Atwell. And I don't know why he was talking about Winner for Afro. It was something to do with the money that Faulty had put on the horse. And he went to the theatre to see Winner for Afro. Uh, well, and he said she was black. And Faulty said, no, she wasn't. And he said, well, maybe it was her sister that was. But I think he used the other word as well there, the N-word at one point as well. But the point that he makes, that John Cleese makes, is the major is an old fossil left over from decades before. He says, we are not supporting his views. We're making fun of them. If people can't see that, or people are too stupid to see that... What can one say? And also, of course, they get into trouble over the German episode, which was never played on German television, by the way, very obviously. Anyway, of course, where he mocks Hitler and mocks the Germans, the German people generally, who won the war, etc., etc. But it is hilariously funny. He's not supporting Hitler. He's not telling us Hitler was a wonderful person. He's mocking him by basically saying when he gets the bang on the head that he's mental. And obviously he's portraying himself as Hitler. Anyway. The number is 87 188 I'm not talking about Faulty Terrors per se, by the way. We're talking about comedy. And comedy is starting to change because comedians are actually afraid to tell jokes because of people being offended. And how bad it's got. Offence. This is how bad woke society has become. Over the weekend, there was a story in the Irish Mirror about a theatre uh, play in England of Romeo and Juliet. Uh, Christopher Biggins had made a comment on it because Christopher Biggins had played, he's a Shakespearean actor, and had played in Romeo and Juliet many times. And as you go into the theatre, you're given a booklet of trigger warnings. And in the trigger warnings, it mentions that during the performance, there will be a suicide, there will be blood, but to remind the viewers or to remind the audience that it's fake blood and it's not actually real. And also to remind the audience that the actors don't actually die. They're just acting. These are the trigger warnings in Romeo and Juliet. I did that in my intercert, by the way. I wasn't affected by it. That's how woke we have become as a generation now, that we need trigger warnings for Shakespeare. But I'm asking you about comedy in general. Who are your favourite comedians? And do you think comedy can ever go too far? Well, one man that knows a lot about comedy is Sir Steve-O Timothy, who plays Farmer Michael and many other characters as well. Good afternoon to you, Steve-O. Good afternoon, good afternoon. I was going to say, now you need a holiday. Jeez, classic hits is just... I know, I know. It's becoming obsessive. There's no what I might do now. I didn't hear that whole, whole Romeo and Juliet thing, but I was thinking, oh, Jesus, do you know what I might do? I might turn it back on itself and do it, but have the actors actually do it. 
Oh, right. That would be quite dark, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. But tell them they're not going to do it and freak them <laughs> yeah, out. Just like, you know, for the real blood and everything. So what? You know what I mean? Provide them with a real gun and bullets. Is that what you're suggesting? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I get no, you, I get you. No, no, tell the actors, obviously, but not the audience. <laughs> <laughs> the actors want to be in it. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> you mean tell the audience that it is real just to see what happens? Oh, yeah, I- yeah, I guess. I guarantee you'd have a crowd. That's a true story, by the way, over the weekend. I read this, the theatre company in the UK, giving out trigger warnings for Romeo and Juliet. And not only that, at the end of the booklet, they give a number for the Samaritans, just in case you want to ring them after the show. I mean, that... I, I, I can see... I'm kind of I'm kind of splitting this whole thing, the whole walking. It's almost like a way to put down people that are trying to advance... You know, you get caught up that are trying to advance logical, proper, you hmm. know modern zeitgeist moral issues but then you have the other side of it then where like anything taken to an extreme is dangerous have you been the victim of cancel culture uh no no well i suppose yeah a few times a few you know that uh i don't care about mentioning them that youtube channel uh i think it was called facts back in the day or something right okay and there, there was one or two female comedians on that that said i should stop what i'm doing and publicly apologize for everything i've ever said and blah blah well blah. the character like, you play farmer michael uh in the car you know, he's homophobic, he's racist, he's he's just basically a very stupid man living in the past, right? Yeah, he's a dimwit, like. Yeah, but he's, he's, like a, but he's a character, an isn't he? And uh, isn't that the point of all this? Yeah, well, I, I suppose that's where the differentiation never comes into play. Like, if I was acting him in a movie, no one would consider that I might be racist or homophobic. But if I'm doing it as a comedy character then people people in the public, they seem to think that if you do it as comedy, then that's your personal views. But if mm. I was acting in a movie, then clearly it's not my personal views. You know what I mean? So you have that weird kind of overlap. Well, we, we, we had it during the year in The Simpsons when the, the guy in the corner shop, what's his name? Oh, Hank Azera. Yeah, Hank Azera plays the part and he decided to pull away from it because he believed the character was being stereotyped. Now, so that he took it personal as an actor. I don't know why. Suddenly, after twenty years, he took it personal as an actor. Probably pressure from the outside. Well, well, isn't this it? It was it was political correctness. That I don't believe he genuinely believed it was a problem. I think he believed there was pressure for him to stop doing it. Mm. Yeah, as as you were saying, like cancel culture involving me uh, a few times. All right, I done a a video about parking in disabled spaces, and it was for the. The Disability Federation of Ireland so was mm. asked to do it, like, yeah. and it was about that. You know, I can park in a disabled spot as long as I have my hazard lights on. And <laughs> I even like done the quotes sign over my head. And I just said in the video, I said, "Disabled people shouldn't be allowed out anyway. They should be kept in homes like they were in the old days." And uh, if you're I, and you were it, saying that as a disabled person, by the way, can I point out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I said, anyone that has a disabled child, if you're going to bring it out, will you at least cover? covers with a tarpaulin so it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. But that was the view we had in Ireland before. No one could deal with a disabled person around them. Or mm. a person with an intellectual disability. We, we'd get really uncomfortable and wouldn't know how to deal with them. So, so I, I like, mean, but, but is this what comedy does? It makes light of things that we're uncomfortable with, like things we did in the past, for example, yeah, or things yeah, that are quite sensitive or, dull, or dark. Yeah, and I done the other video that, well, I was contemplating doing a video about Down syndrome. That Down syndrome people can be C word too, mm-hmm. and I was absolutely SH1T in myself putting that up because I thought I'm going to get absolutely. Well, Tommy Tiernan did, didn't he? Yeah, but I got the opposite. I got messages from people that were Down syndrome parents saying, "Fair play, 
because they're human as well, like anyone. And they can be nasty, yeah. like anyone. And basically, Michael was the topic of the joke because he'd done so bad in his leaving cert and he was jealous because his cousin, who's Down syndrome, done so well. Okay. That was the whole topic of the video. So, like, not every... Like, when I say sometimes, oh, I'm going to run a sketch about Palestine tonight, people there, don't, leave it, don't. There's no fun to be had in that. There's no comedy. And it's like, 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 for example, here, well, here's the thing. Comedy. Is it okay for Michael to be in the car tonight and talk about the Taliban? Or to talk about, you know, something that, you know, something that's a fa- or COVID-19 and people who have died or, is you know, and obviously make mock, say, conspiracy theorists or something like that. Is it, is it okay for Michael to do those things? Or is that, is that, is there a line that you can step over? Maybe something that's current. I remember actually a very funny one. Jonathan Ross was the first person on British television to tell a joke about Lady Diana. And yeah. I remember the night he told it. I can't remember what show it was on, but he said something and it was a funny line about Lady Diana. And he went, there you go. There's the first joke out. Took a few years. But he said, now we can all move on. And it, yeah, was, yeah. it was actually very funny. He kind of broke the ice on the, the Lady yeah, Diana jokes. It's the old uh, too soon cliche, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comedian telling a joke and then go too soon. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I've, I've done once at 9-11. I've done once at abortion. Like, a lot, of, a lot of people that do sketch comedy in Ireland, they wouldn't, they wouldn't touch some of the, like, ones I do but sometimes you just get an idea into your head and sometimes you're like right I have to tackle this subject I don't give a damn as a, as a person that has a platform you feel almost a, a responsibility to do it like mm. I don't want to, as I was saying about Palestine there that all Palestinians are terrorists all of them and there's no children and women in Palestine they're all terrorists in costumes mm-hmm. and they're throwing mini nuclear bombs not stones so you're you're turning it around on itself you're you're kind of you take your opposite, your opposite, opposing viewpoint, yeah, and I, you satirize it and make it so ridiculous. But it, but isn't this the point that it become it is so ridiculous? But there are people out there who take offense to that, and then and they are the minority. I believe I genuinely believe they are the minority, but they seem to shout the loudest, and then suddenly oh, yeah. that gets pulled. And do you find that Stevo now? compared to, say, 10 years ago, that you have to think about everything you're going to do, whereas 10 years ago you wouldn't have even thought about it? Uh, you don't, like, I suppose you have to think about it to a certain extent, but I'll still always, even if I think it's going to cause a bit of flack, I'll still throw it up. Like, I've done the apology to Israel one, where I absolutely tore Israel asunder. And I pro-Palestinian people attacking me. That's... <laughs> you know, that's... I'm... Look, I like if anyone like I was watching I rewatched the video back because I don't usually do that and I was like right I don't know how someone in the right mind could think I'm supporting Israel in this video other than the title so they're not watching it yeah. you know what I mean and they're, I they're not, they, but this is the point that John Cleese makes that they're not actually understanding when he talks about the major being a relic or a fossil from decades before from World War Two anybody who doesn't understand the point of that comedy is stupid. Yeah, I wouldn't say they're stupid, but I'd say, like, obviously, there's a reason satire works and there's a reason it's mistaken. Like, Waterford Whispers wouldn't exist otherwise. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. The Onion over in the States and things like that. So, like, I wouldn't say they're stupid, but some people just, you can't teach a person to get satire. But then does it they all come of- down to we all have a different sense of humour? And we do, well, obviously, because yeah. I've often yeah. watched stuff that's really, I believe, is hilarious, and I show it to other people and they're kind of going, well... Yeah, so and like they'll show are, me something they think is funny. We all have dark humor. Like we all have dark humor amongst our friends and family. Like me and my brother, we we destroy each other. Mm-hmm. We bring up my dad's disability. We bring up my mother who's passed. You know what I mean? It was our way of coping. We we grew up in a family with illness mm-hmm. in our faces since kids. 
So it's our way of dealing with death and with illness and with disability. You know what I mean? You have to kind of mock it and make fun of it. Is that why every time somebody famous dies, suddenly on WhatsApp or, you know, text, you know, the jokes happen immediately. The person's literally not even cold in their grave and the jokes are out that afternoon. Is that the way we as human beings deal with it? We like to laugh at things that we're uncomfortable with. Uh, I'm not really sure because a lot of people wouldn't, a lot of people wouldn't have cared about the person. That's given, that's given the the public too much uh, care and empathy. That the only reason they're doing jokes about it is because they miss the person so much and they psychologically can't deal with it. That's almost giving them too much. There'll be always be people out there that are just bad minded. You know, mm. insert curse word. You know what I mean? There's just always bad minded people out there that would that are horrible anyway. Like my brother Jamie, who has a disability, he was attacked last night. I put up a picture on Twitter and I just, it was a funny look. And I said, y'all can't get this or whatever. And he goes, you look like your special needs brother. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's endless. And so, this, this uh, uh, show that he's going to do on Channel 4, I suppose he's going to interview a lot of people who've become victims of cancel culture, comedians who've become victims. Yeah. And many of them throughout the years, well, certainly throughout the last two or three years, have become the victims of cancel culture. And I suppose he believes that people, comedians now, it's a, it's a, a dying uh, art where comedians now have to be conscious. So, Steve, is there anything that you won't touch? Uh, yes. What? I haven't, uh, see, that's that's the thing. You kind of know when you come to approach it. I can't really think of something that... Like, I would never overtly mock someone with an intellectual disability. I've used that in the video to get at people that misjudge them people. But I would never do the kind of... Like I remember growing up and I I hated a certain Irish comedian at the time. Mm-hmm. Not him as a person, but his, his act, obviously, because he'd always do the mm, slap the back of the hand thing. And yeah. I, as a as a, a young fella growing up that was pure protective of my brother, I hated that. Because to me, that's, that's deliberate, deliberate. But do you, do you believe that person should have been banned from doing that? No. no. Okay. No. Because he that would contradict have. everything else that you're saying then, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But maybe he shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's a difference between a fear of doing something because it's just wrong. And as a moral human being, you shouldn't do it. Yeah. And not the PC crowd coming after you. Like, you know, there's, there's moral lines we don't cross. Yeah. There's moral lines we don't cross every day. We don't turn around to our wives and girlfriends and go, yes, indeed, you do look like a fat joke and that. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's, there's things you don't cross. We, we don't need people to tell us or educate us on that. But, is, but isn't, it funny, isn't it funny that people won't admit that something's funny in public, but yet they would laugh at us, you know, with their friends, our family. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, before we come on the air, I, I, I talked to you earlier on. I said, listen, when you come on the show today, blah, 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 we're talking about this. Yeah. And we talked about the major. And I talked about this scene that was removed. And I said it was hilarious. And you said to me, but you wouldn't say that on the radio. And I said, well, I would, because I do believe it's hilarious, because I understand what the major is. Even though he makes racist comments, I understand he's a relic as, or a fossil, as John Cleese describes him, from World War II. And I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I also yeah, think that the funny walk that John Cleese does when he's imitating Hitler and slagging off the Germans, I think it's hilarious. Because oh, the, point is is, hilarious. the point is, the point is, he's mad. Like, that was slapstick comedy. They're 100% done. You know what I mean? They're, mm. they're like, if you ever think of a, a very action slapstick physical comedy, that sketch comes to mind straight away. I mean, I'm when I'm and watching that, I'm not thinking of six million Jews who died. That's not what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of this man doing a silly walk who got a bang on the head and clearly he's mad. Yeah. 
So it's 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 not it's not supporting Hitler or the Nazis in any way. It's mocking. It's mocking them. Mm-hmm. But people don't get that. And and when that when that episode airs or the one of the major airs, you know. Uh, whoever it is at a comrade, whatever it is in the UK, will get numerous amounts of complaints, as will the BBC. So much yeah. so that they will they will edit all of these programmes. I mean I only I heard I only heard recently they've they've edited Back to the Future. Um yeah. and they've taken out the um the scene where where he gets the plutonium from not the Israelis, who is it or the Somalians or whatever it is he gets the plutonium from. Uh, the terrorists. And seemingly these group of people have complained that, you know, you're stereotyping us as terrorists. So they took that bit out. Jesus, welcome to Ireland. We were stereotyped as drunken terrorists We didn't complain either when we were stopped at airports. We were kind of like, yeah, well, it's our lads. So, you know what I mean? This is, this is the price we pay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that famous episode of Family Guy where the, the airplane lands at Dublin Airport. Yeah, can, yeah. And it yeah. lands, there's bottles of beer everywhere all over the yeah, runway. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we need to start complaining a bit more. We need to band together and just anyone that mentions an Irish person or a paddy across the world, we just <laughs> attack them, get them, get them strung up, put them in the stocks. Well, listen, Steve. Thanks very much, Need. When are you When are you playing again? I mean, are you going to get a chance to play again? COVID obviously is putting pay uh, to anybody January, getting up on a stage at the moment. January twenty twenty two, we're back on stage, so it'll be nearly two years since I've done it. Right, okay. So that'll be hilarious itself, just me forgetting everything and not being able to deal with it. So. <laughs> and will there be lots of COVID jokes in there? I'm assuming there will be. Not, not really. No, I'm just going to stay away from it because it's it's so cliched now doing a joke about COVID. It's almost like doing a joke about Trump or Bush back in the days. Right, right, right. Okay. Just lost it. It's it's nearly impossible to satirise because it is our lives. Well, look, I'm looking forward to seeing you and many other comedians back up on the stage again here in Ireland because I know they are doing it in other countries around the world, so I'm sure you're you're all dying to get back up there. Listen, thank you very much oh, indeed. Definitely. Thank I, you, Nile. Thank I, you so There you much. go. Sir Steve O'Timothy. And he believes, no, comedy really can't go too far. One or two examples he gave where he wouldn't do it. He doesn't believe it's right, but uh, he doesn't believe people should be stopped from doing it. I want to know, do you believe it can go too far? And we're talking about when you look at the, the subjects for comedy, over the years, I mean, um, some of the great comedians in the world have made jokes about things that we feel very uncomfortable with. I mean, somebody mentions the best Irish comedian, of course, was Dave Allen. What a wonderful comedian. The first comedian in Ireland to make jokes of religion and the Catholic Church. The Church, of course, have always said they've been victims uh, when it came to comedy. I mean, great comedians have made jokes about disability, about abortion, about rape, about things that we feel and we hold very dearly as being very sensitive subjects. But they do it because that's exactly why they do it. Because we want to laugh at something that we would normally feel uncomfortable with. Race, of course, is another one. I'm asking you, can comedy ever go too far? Let me know what you think. The number is 87 8 Can comedy go too far? Now, this planet is getting... I, I don't know. There's such snowflakes out there. It's unbelievable. Leave the comedians alone. Let them end our living. I'd never get offended of nothing because life is life and that's just the way it is. Cheers, pal. Life is life. Ron, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How you doing, Ron? Hey, Noel. How's things? Oh, Ron. The last time I spoke to you was some... Uh, am I wrong in <laughs> thinking it was something to do with you were getting a vasectomy? That's correct, Noel, yeah. Did you get the vasectomy? I got it done, yes. Ah, uh-huh, Ron. How was it? Uh, yeah, it was all good, Noel, yeah. It was painful, but it was all good. Oh, when you say painful, for how many days was it painful? Um... I'd say about a week to ten days afterwards. Oh, I had to right. wear a, a jock strap, a support. Right, okay. Um, Did you get an infection? 
No, no, no. Just had to support and just take some painkillers then. Just, there was nothing prescribed, just general painkillers. Describe, uh, describe the pain for the men of Ireland who may be thinking about doing something like that. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say pain, but just more uncomfortable. Like, you knew something had happened. You knew... I can feel it. Like, you, you know, you just... Every time you sat down, every time you walked, every time there was a bit of friction there, you just knew it wasn't just... It, there was nothing pleasant about it for... Um, the the painkillers were more for um, the swelling and... And that's both, right. Okay. Um, is the, it that? Is it that pain? And I, I don't want to go into too much detail, you know, on, on daytime radio. But you, I, I, like last week, I, I crossed my legs for a second. I don't know. I was talking to somebody, and I kind of caught it. If you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, uh, that's exactly it. That pain. Yeah. If, if you sat down on a couch for a week and did nothing, you wouldn't feel anything. But as long, I mean, yeah. I was never going to do that with three kids at home and having to go to work. So yeah. it was. Um, yeah. You just knew what was there. So. Look, I was conscious of it was there, so it was just about. And as I said, I was wearing a jock strap, so that that helped keep everything where it should be. Um, and, how, and how's your gadget now? Oh, it's all good. Yeah, like I did the test then in May, and I got uh, the all clear. I, I got a, I got a phone call from the clinic, and I my wife was upstairs working, and I came bounding up the stairs. Let's test it out, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like, "What's wrong? What's wrong?" And I was just like, I "Just got, got the all clear." Let's test it out. Hey. <laughs> of course, I got shut down straight away. But like, you know. Yeah, no, you probably got shut down, but quick, cut the grass first and let's see how things exactly, go. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> right, Ron, getting back to uh, comedy. Uh, now, you've heard Steve Timothy there before the break. He said there are some things that he's uncomfortable with, but he wouldn't stop anybody else from doing it. But do you think there's anything that crosses the line when it comes to comedy? No, as long as, long as it's not a personal attack on anyone specific. It, it, it was just a general conversation. Now, I did hear you um, discussing Frankie Boyle there and how he... Oh, look, I really like Frankie. I think he's he's different. The, the harder the comedian, for me, the better, in the sense that... In the darker, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, like, I know you mentioned Katie Price there, but certain people put themselves in situations that they leave themselves open to ridicule or yeah. to, uh, to slagging off... and. I mean, but again, it's only comedy. I mean, if you yeah, don't, but, but you it don't is, yeah, but if we, it, I mean, I have no problem. I, you know, and like you, I like dark comedy, right? But in saying that, when somebody mentions somebody personally, like if you want to have a go at, you know, disabled people in general or abortion in general or those sensitive subjects in general, as long as we all have an understanding, the reason why you're doing it is because it's comedy. But when you make it about a person, you know, and a, per, a living person, I, I just think it's unfair because first, that person doesn't have any right to reply. They're not on the stage beside you. If they're on the stage beside you, fair, they're fair game. But they don't have a right to reply. And, and you know, and they made jokes about her and Harvey, her son, and and I just think that was a bit too much. Do you not think so? And I'm not, and I'm not woke. I'm not. You know, you know me. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know. I, I just think like, look, Frankie. To, to me, Frankie's a he's a one off. He, he takes it to places most comedians don't. I know Jimmy Carr would go there as well sometimes but he wouldn't, but he wouldn't make people. it personal yeah he wouldn't reference people I mean comedy there's, there's so many different elements so I just look look comedy lost one of its true rates last week in Sean Locke and he yes, probably never yes. took it personal with anyone yeah but anyone who takes any offense to what anyone says in comedy just don't buy a ticket don't watch it I mean I think you're you had um, the voice clip that you just played just before you came to me snowflakes that's yeah. the perfect word for it I mean the, the world has gone PC mad I mean, you were talking about faulty towers. I mean, anyone who gets offended by a program that was first screened in the seventies shouldn't be even. Considered well, I mean, it's still considered to be the best comedy of all time. But yeah, and, and, and I would agree with that, Honor. I mean, that and Only Fools and Horses are probably up there in the top two funniest comedies of all time. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And for people nowadays to take offence to it, and for the BBC to listen to these people and to edit out probably what was a very funny part of the episode, I, I just don't I just don't get it. I just Well there's I mean, there's two I mean look if we start look if if the PC people start analysing faulty terrors, you would have sexism in it, you would have everything in it, to be honest with you. You, know, you wouldn't be able to watch it. No, you wouldn't be able to watch you it know, anymore. But but these all these programmes were made at a different time. And now I'm not saying it was right what was done in them, but it was done for. Well, it was right. I mean, if you, it, it, I mean, don't be afraid to say at the time it was funny. I mean, I remember one of my favorite TV shows as a kid, and I and when I say as a kid, I, of course, I was in all innocence watching, it, thinking it was hilariously funny. Was Love Thy Neighbor. And Love Thy Neighbour was about a white couple and a black couple living next door to each other, calling each other names throughout the whole programme. But what it did was, and it highlighted, and they were talking about it recently on uh, some documentary I watched on Channel 4, that it actually, in the UK, it highlighted what was happening on a regular basis, which was racism between families. And it highlighted that. So these things, I find, are good things sometimes. Of course, it brings it to the fore. It gets people talking about it. Oh, do, you remember, do you remember Alf Garnett? Do you remember Alf Garnett? I was Garnett? just about to mention him until death was part. Yeah, that's right. You know, he was he's hilarious. Probably the biggest, biggest that you've ever seen. And, and that was the person that wasn't betrayed by him. That was like, he was like that in real life as well. Yeah, you know? he was a biggest. Absolutely. You know, so. well, well, stay there for a second because I want to go to Robbie as well. Robbie, you're in Ireland's classic kids. How you doing, Robbie? How you doing? Robbie, I mean, can comedy go too far? I'm sh- uh, yes, it can. Of course it can. You know, like, like what some people may think is comedy would uh, I would completely disagree with it. Absolutely. It's the likes of, say, Jim Davison. He's not a comedian. He's just a, he's just a racist and a bigot, you know. You could say the and, same about Chubby uh, Brown. Well, he's not funny either. I was going to say that exactly about Chubby Brown. I mean, you'll probably remember, and that lad that's on with you there probably remember the TV show going back now, many, many millions, called Comedian. That, I do remember where they were all in the kind of pub, yes, yeah. Yeah, and it was a stand-up show, and you had different comedians coming on. And I, I, you're talking the decade, and all those shows and those comedians that we go are not PC correct, they're all coming from the 70s. I personally think the 70s was possibly one of the most racist and bigoted um, decades. Well, Jim Davidson was on The Comedians, if I remember rightly. He was, yeah, yeah. he was. Chubby Brown was on it as well. You had oh, I can't think Bernard of Manning. Name. Bernard Manning, another, another unfunny fella who just thinks... Talking about private parts is funny, but it's not really, you know. But it's it's the likes of that comedy. Like I have no problem, like Al Garnett and all, like that, those TV shows. Look, my neighbour as well. Um, they they all highlighted, as you say, and, and like Faulty Towers and Only Fools are absolutely brilliant comedy. And I do like Jimmy Carr as well, and um, Frankie Boyle, give or take, you know. But it's just the likes of the. It's the likes of the Jim Davison type of stuff, that. Okay, well, okay, so, and I'm going to say to you, Jim Davison, I've met the man, actually. He's actually a nice guy, right? Um, but in saying that, yes, he does, I think he softened his act lately, mind you, but he was quite famous for doing, um, what was the character he used to have? Where he, the black voice. Yeah, the black voice yeah. and everything else. Okay. And I've never heard anybody talk like that. Before. Okay, <laughs> so that voice. makes you uncomfortable. But then again, you just told me you like Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr tells jokes about rape and abortion. I mean, do you think that's yeah, funny? Some way, people would say no. It's the way you line them up, and I just think that Davison is the racist, you know. He, he is, and uh, he's, he'll proudly tell you that, you know. Um, but for me... I don't think he would proudly tell you that, but but uh, yes, he, he has been accused of it by many yeah, people. Read, read him on Twitter, you'll see. But, I mean, the, 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 the thing is that, like, comedy for me is, like, Billy Connolly is the master of comedy. He's absolutely brilliant. He doesn't have to go into those places to make people laugh. You know, I, I think anything can be open for comedy, you know, but it's just the way that it's, it's, it's 
um, given. You know, or, well, Billy or Connolly was the original situational uh, co- uh, comedian, where he yeah. he wasn't the type of comedian who went on a, on stage and told gags. He talked about yeah. situations, right? And he was yeah. brilliant at it. But you can't have every comedian like Billy Connolly because then we'd be very no. bored. They're it all different. Oh, they are all different. But I mean, like if if you if you took all those comedians from that TV show, the comedians nowadays. Oh, my Jesus. No, I, I don't think the comedians would ever be screened on television now. Couldn't be. No, never. It wouldn't be. Not, not, it, it by the way, I, I would listen back to it and think some of it's funny. But I mean, some of it I just yeah. don't think it's funny anymore. I just It's not because I believe it should be banned. I just don't think it's funny. I do, I do get that thing with the lad was saying. There, comedy is of its time, you know. And, like, it's... I think that, that the way some of it gets personal, as you say, with the Frankie Boyle thing, like, that's just having a go with someone trying to be funny to kind of make light of somebody else for your own benefit, you know? That, that for me, is not. Can racism be funny in comedy? Yes, it can. And I think that the likes of Love Thy Neighbour and shows like that did show that it can be a light side to it. I'm not saying racism's right by any stretch of the imagination. But, if it's but that we, we, we should be able to laugh at ourselves. Yeah, I mean, if it's presented properly... Like, I mean, the drunken paddy thing, how many times have we heard that, like, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing if they're saying they're taking the terrorism thing out of uh, Back to the Future. But let's not mention the IRA in the, in the name of the father. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it completely kind of kills off the film because that's exactly what it's about. You know, it's, it's situation comedy. You're, you're, you're on the situation of the, and you're talking about the topic you're on about. And, I mean, if, if you start going, oh, I'm offended by this, I'm offended by that, well, maybe the thing is, that some people really need to take their head out of backside and listen to the actual theme of what the comedy is. And I agree with John Cleese with that part about the, the general. The major, the people, major, yeah. The major, sorry. People are not listening to the context of what the comedy is in that situation, you know? And it's, John Cleese is not there just going out to offend millions and millions of people for just the hell of it. He's going, he's, he's he wants to make people laugh. Yeah. He wants to make people laugh and also highlight a situation that happened as well. And, you know, like, as I said, it depends on how, how you put the comedy across. But, you, but, yeah, but you are, yeah, but what you are saying to me is that comedy, because you've highlighted what you don't like. And, you know, okay, so do you believe that Jim Davison should be allowed to stand up on stage or be on TV and telling racist gags? Um, no, because he is. Okay, so, you, so in other words... I just, be, I just don't like him. Oh, but so, sorry. because you don't like him, you believe he shouldn't be allowed to do it. Well, I mean, there are, I mean, he has an audience. He has, but he's a self-professed racist, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, Ron, would you agree with that? You know, comedians like Jim Davidson, like Chubby Brown, who would be racist, uh, Kevin Wilson, I think, in Australia, the Australian comedian who's very popular, by the way. They, a lot of the stuff they do is considered to be racist. Do you believe they should be taken off the TV or taken off... Well, they probably not on very much television anymore, but do you believe they should be shown at all, Ron? You've hit the nail on the head there, Noel. They shouldn't be on TV to avoid our audience because what they're doing is just... It, it's... I don't know. It, it's not... Like, every, everything is open to comedy. But the difference between TV is mainstream and... If Jim Davidson or Kevin Wilson doing a show, you have the choice whether you want to go and see that person. You have to go out, put your hand in your pocket, and buy a ticket. If you go buy a ticket, you cannot complain about it, no matter what happens. Because, so, you, because yeah. you know what the light before you go. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. You know. So every every comedian person has an audience. The the people who don't go to the extremes 
and go out there for are the people who appeal to all of us, the Peter Kays of this world, the Billy Connollys. They appeal to us I mean, look at Benny guys. Hill. What about Benny Hill? You know, BB, one of BBC's most popular comedians of all time. The Benny Hill mm. show is huge. It was sold to 27 countries or something ridiculous like that. Yeah. It made massive money. Very sad ending, by the way, to the man's life. He died alone in a flat. He never spent any of his money. It was a very strange existence. Um, he lived a kind of life as a hermit, never spent his money, and he left millions to whoever it was he left it to. Anyway, that's beside the point. But, I mean, his comedy, I mean, lads, would have been, by today's standard, sexism. It was based on sexism, all his yeah. comedy. Um, I mean, this idea of a man running after a half-naked woman at the end of every show, I mean, this, it was all revolved around sexism. Do you, do you, I mean, would you watch, you know, Benny Hill now and laugh? Me? Yeah, Robbie. <laughs> Um, I, to be honest, I, I, I barely remember the show. To be honest, I would, so, I'd laugh. I'd laugh. I, yeah, I I'd laugh. I don't know. Like, I'm I, not I, sexist, I, but I'd laugh. I think it's funny. I'm 50 next March, so I think that was kind of like it, it kind of had a heyday in the 70s, didn't it? I don't yeah, know. it would have been the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 Ernie, yeah. Yeah, I kind of, I, I really don't remember the skits in the show. I remember the chase and the women and the did it, did it, did it, or something. That's the one. That's the one, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah but I don't really remember the show on it. Okay, we'll, we'll stay there both of you a second. Let me just go to Padraig. Padraig, you're on Ireland's Classic Kids. How you doing, Padraig? Greetings, Mr. Boylan. Greetings, Padraig. Fellow patriots. Is that what you normally say? Fellow patriots. And uh, <laughs> with today's subject, Matt and I, I think what would be more appropriate would be uh, all the PC, all your PC listeners sitting comfortably. Oh, comfortably listening, yes. Okay. Padraig, can comedy go too far? No, no. I'll tell you exactly what, what the format should be with comedy is real life. It should be like two guys sitting in a bar now in Brogan's or somewhere else, shooting the breeze, authentic, and none of this PC uh, BS that we all have to listen to, and all... Uh, radio presenters and TV presenters have to adhere to, even though they probably uh, have different viewpoints. They have to go with the flow, the liberal agenda. You can't say this, you can't say that, you can't say boo to a goose. Oh my God, we're all going to walk on eggshells here. And it really is pathetic now. And uh, I remember the advent of Donald Trump a few years ago. When I was growing up in the 80s, any given bar you went into was full of Donald Trump's. And the thing is, Niall, the reason why we're at this juncture now is quite simple. It's, it's very obvious. It's because the whole of Europe, not just Ireland and the UK, has gone completely multicultural. And they're afraid to upset people. Well, I mean, well, the world is multicultural and has become multicultural because in the last 20 to 30 years, well, well no, hang on, in the last 20 to 30 years, the world has changed. Countries are joining together to form unions where people can travel from one place to another, etc., etc. And yes, people do go illegally to other countries. I get that. But what I'm saying is we have become a more diverse world. There is no doubt about that. But that, sh- I, as far as I'm concerned, that shouldn't affect comedy. You, you, you just, t- you just talked to Robbie there about uh, the seventies and the comedians. I mean, back then there was hardly, and there was nobody to offend per se. Because well, that, that wouldn't have been true. I mean, in Britain, you would have had a large black community yeah. in Britain back yeah. in the seventies yeah, and eighties. No, we can go back into history. We know they started coming in. And okay, but that's, yeah, you know, but don't bring it down, everything down to multiculturalism. What I'm saying is, when that comedy was in Britain in the 70s, uh, there would have been a large black community, large Pakistani community in Britain. So, I mean, yeah. and, and they weren't upset by it then. Well, but they are I, upset by it now. But, but maybe it was a case they were afraid to say anything about it then. I don't know. Yeah, back to the 70s, there was a large uh, ethnic, third world uh, population in the UK. Everybody knows that. 
the point is now is double it is sorry double quadruple what it was back in the 70s and 80s let's get real here okay but but the comedy i'm talking about is not just about racism what about other types of comedy you know other about disability comedy about other things that make us uncomfortable is that okay patrick as regards disability, anyway, I don't really like the disability rule, to be honest with you. I think, apart from that... All, all okay, that, so all, so again, we're talking about what makes you uncomfortable and what doesn't make you uncomfortable. That's probably the only thing that does not. But as regards uh, racism... Sure, okay, well then, okay, well then, let me ask you a question, then, because you keep going back to the one thing. If I tell jo- comedy jokes about disability because you said that makes you feel uncomfortable, should I not be allowed on TV? I, I, I think it's a cheap shot, Niall. I, mean, I know Tommy Tiernan does, and some other comedians... And another thing, let's be quite honest here, but you were talking about comedians, Niall. They, they, the, the present uh, group, uh, a cohort, are not funny. They haven't been funny since the 80s. I mean, you, you ever watch this live at the Apollo, Niall? I mean, these people are not funny. The, the previous generations... But that's, yeah, but that's, part, that's maybe, subjective, isn't it, Paul? You don't think they're funny, but some people clearly do, otherwise they wouldn't be on telly. Patrick is being very liberal, isn't he? Oh, well, Patrick is sounding very liberal. That would they're be unusual. Very, very, uh, very snowflakey there, Patrick. Well, I apologise for that, Robbie. I'll, I'll try to uh, rectify that now. Patrick, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're on one hand telling me that we should be allowed to tell jokes about racism. Okay, that's your opinion. On the other hand, you're saying you're uncomfortable with jokes about disability, so that shouldn't be allowed. Yeah. See, now what you're doing now is exactly what I've discussed throughout the show is everybody looks at different things differently. It's subjective, isn't it? Subjective, yes. When Donald Trump uh, made a mockery of some disabled guy back three, four years ago during his campaign, even though I'm a Trump supporter, I was uncomfortable. I thought that was a low blow. I think it was on. I think it was on call for, and it was out of. Yeah, it wasn't comedy. It was just that wasn't home. comedy. He was just being an, an, an ass. Just being an yeah, ass. Yeah. Comedy. But yeah. uh, getting back to the, the present day situation now, we, we people can't say uh, like even yourself. All the radio presenters, you're all walking on eggshells. No, we no. We, it's not that we walk on eggshells. We have guidelines set out by the broadcasting authority to make sure people don't go bonkers on the radio. You, Niall, you know, and I know several people have been sacked from LBC from this Irish Sunday Independent here, from uh, News Talk, because they, the perception was they said... But, that's not, but again, that's not comedy. We're talking about comedy. You're, you're getting it mixed up, Paul. You're talking about political correctness in general versus comedy. And I'm talking about comedy today. I, I'm going to do a good break anyway. The number is 87 188 I'm not denying that people have been sacked and people have been removed from their positions over things they've said. But we can talk about that another day. We're talking about comedy, specifically comedy at the moment. Uh, keep texting, keep WhatsApping. Number is 87 Kev, you're not being very kind today. Do we give out about, uh, give the title comedy too easily? PJ Gallagher, Neil Delaware, David Byrne, etc. These guys might be funny in a crash, but they ain't bloody comedians. It's subjective. I know, says Kevin Limerick. Kev, PJ is great. I mean, uh, Dylan Moore and I have to say, is it hilariously funny? Um, who else? Um, Tommy Tiernan, some great Irish comedians. Jason Byrne, probably one of the best. We've some great Irish comedians out there. Uh, let me go to Connor. Connor says, uh, "Oh, sorry, Connor. What do you want to say? You're an Ireland's classic. Let's go ahead, Connor." No, I was saying, how are you? No, I just want to say, um, like, even you think of comedy in the seventies or the eighties, for example, Faulty Towers. Um, they did an episode on the Germans. I mean, that aired in the 70s. The war had only ended about 30 years before. Mm-hmm. And there was no kind of big backlash over that, including John Cleese or Basil doing the, the Hitler walk. The, the funny walk, yeah. Funny walk, yeah. There was no kind of... Well, mind you, that episode was that. never shown in Germany, by the way. Funny enough, no. That was the only <laughs> episode that wasn't sold there. But there was no backlash, even over the English people, um, taking offence to that with something so recent where they're probably, they probably knew people that had died. 
But then even you think back into the 90s with Father Ted, like there was one episode where Jack came out of a box um, dressed yeah. up as a Nazi officer. That's right, Jack. Ted had offended the Chinese people. Now, I mean, you just wouldn't get away with stuff like, like that. But well, why? But here's the thing: ago. when you say we wouldn't get away with that now, I mean, we do still show the repeats of Father Ted, of course, and we show the repeats of Faulty Terrors. Although they're starting to censor bits out of Faulty Terrors, they're starting to censor Faulty Terrors, and I can't see Father Ted being too much um, further behind that. To be honest with you, but I, I mean, do you think that's right? To make those show today. Do you think it's right oh, that we need to censor it as time goes on and we have a better understanding of things? Do you believe we need to censor comedy to reflect that? No, not at all. I don't see any. I don't see the reason behind it. Okay, because and what, what do you say to say a now. German person listening today goes, "No, I don't believe it's funny." He slags off German people. He's slagging off the German people in the restaurant about the war. You know, six million Jews died during that war. You know, I don't think it's funny at all to mock that. What do you say to those people? To be honest. I'd say, look, if that's our style of comedy, like the Germans have probably brought up comedy that would nearly offend the English people or the Irish people. I mean, everyone, everyone's getting too offended by everything nowadays, to mm-hmm. be honest with you, mm-hmm. um, is my opinion. But I mean, even if you think outside comedy, um, there was a show in the 80s called The Dukes of Hazard, um, where the car had a Confederate flag on the roof, which was just kind of a sign of the South. And now that's been banned. That's and, right, yeah. Um, for obviously different reasons, because it's been symbolized with racism now. But at the same time, that show is now being labelled as racism. Um, now, I know I'm kind of getting slightly off topic here, but that show is now labelled as racism because of the flag on the car, which was of a different era. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at the time, nobody would have thought that at the time. And I think we have to exactly. look at... See, the problem is, is we look back, you know, to 2021 glasses at something that happened in the 1970s and 80s or 90s and think that they should have they should have understood how we would feel 20 years later. And they don't, of course. No more than we, we know how the people in 20 years' time are going to feel. So I, I think it has to be of its time. But in saying that, I think removing it, then I, I just think we're being daft, removing stuff I like think, that. Exactly. I think removing stuff is just kind of... It's nearly pandering to the, the minority in some ways. Well, it is pandering to minority because it generally is. But I mean, because any times I've done shows about this, most people disagree with cancel culture. Yes, those, the small amount that agree with cancel culture seem to be getting their way. It's nearly a fashionable thing now to be offended by something and try and get a cancel. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, well, I mean, look, this looks like a good TV show by with John or with John Cleese. It's called Cancel Me, and yeah. he's going to be talking to basically comedians who have been the victims of cancel culture and people who have been the victims of cancel culture. Um, I, th- I think it's a, like it's a seven or eight part show, so it should be very and, interesting. And to be honest with you, I think a show like that is important because it's showing that yes, you've tried silence me, but no, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Because then you get into oh well, if you're cancelling, does that kind of is that nearly boarding on fascism or something else where, no, we're not going to listen to you, we're just going to focus on the good things. Well, it's been dis- opinion, I, I suppose it's things. been described as the woke generation, and I mentioned earlier on the, the Romeo and Juliet play in the UK over the weekend comes now with trigger warnings. Yeah, <laughs> which is just bizarre. It's history. It was all a certain era. Yeah. I mean, are we going to ban Romeo and Juliet now from schools uh, for the Leaving Cert? Because it's still part of the Leaving Cert quickly, isn't it? Yeah. Romeo and Juliet, As You Like It, and a few others. Hamlet. To be honest now, if it is, if Romeo and Juliet would have been banned, it would have been a lot better in schools, to be honest with you. <laughs> I <laughs> probably Shakespeare should have been banned anyway, yeah, just just have been ridiculous. Another example, like um, my grandmother is in a nursing home and um, she's got dementia, but she'll come out with some great one-liners now mm-hmm. that you're kind of looking at her going, I agree with you, but you shouldn't really be saying that out loud to the general public. Okay, but here's a, okay, well, here's a quick one before you go. Your grandmother has dementia. Can you watch a comedy show tonight with a comedian telling jokes about people with dementia? 
Oh, yeah. Is that I okay? Don't, I don't... It's a bit kind of... You won't take it personally, like? No, because I don't see... It's hypocritical if I say, no, you can say whatever you want, and then I say, well, I don't like that. Hang on a minute. Okay, well, look, I have to go to break. Listen, Connor, thank you very much indeed. Uh, the number is 87 I can honestly say, without exception, most people believe that comedy shouldn't be censored. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.